Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Real men, Ohio University, ready to go tomorrow. Title town, A-Town. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Why isn't this saying, there we go. There you go. Good morning. Good Friday morning to you. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday from 10 Eastern until high noon. You can find us. Some of you are already here. Many already in the chat. Friday's always a big day. Find us at YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask you, please subscribe to the program. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, wherever you find your podcast, just search for Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you are dialed in. We'll get to the Bobcats shortly. <laughs> the Bengalis continue to gear up for Sunday's showdown on the home front against the AFC's number one seed right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. No official word yet as to if Jamar Chase is going to play, if he does, how much he'll play. Joe Mixon will be back coming out of concussion protocol. It should be interesting to see how much Samaj P. Ryan plays in this game. He has been a very effective player for this Bengal team. Kickoff is set for 425. We're going to talk a lot more about this here in a minute. Last night, Thursday night football, playoff implications on multiple levels, whether you're talking about just who's in and who's out, talking about conference records, all those tiebreakers, seeding, all those kinds of things. The Bills go to New England, and the Bills own New England. This was no contest. Buffalo wipes them out 24-10. They had the big blow-up by Patriots quarterback Matt Jones on the sideline. He was wanting to throw the ball downfield instead of all the dinking and dunking. Their offense is brutal. If the Bengals don't beat them in New England, they ought to phone it in. Josh <laughs> Allen threw for two touchdowns. But the Bills still can't run it very well. They're only averaging about three and a half yards a carry. All in all, uh, Buffalo's nine and three. And for the time being, because they played one more game than Miami, they're the division leaders of the AFC East. All right. Elsewhere in the National Football League, Deshaun Watson returns to the playing field this weekend as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And in an unbelievable twist of irony, he'll make his debut in Houston, the only team he's ever played for. The Ravens and the Bengals have identical 7-4 and four records. That's good enough for a first-place tie. Right now, Baltimore owns a tiebreak. Baltimore hosts Denver, and the Ravens are an 8.5-point favorite in that one. Four other really intriguing games around the NFL this weekend. This is a good weekend for the NFL. You've got the Jets coming off a 30-plus point performance last week when they handed over the reins at quarterback to Mike White. The Jets play at Minnesota. You've got Tennessee going to Philadelphia. Eagles have the best record in the NFL. Then you have, kind of under the radar, you have Washington taking on the New York football Giants. That's in the Meadowlands. Right now, all four NFC East teams would qualify for the postseason. The Commanders are only one game behind New York, and both of those teams sitting right on that playoff edge. And last but not least, many believe it could be a preview 
of this year's Super Bowl. Miami, red hot, hottest team in the league, going to San Francisco, playing much, much better as the Niners have gotten healthier. Jimmy Garoppolo playing well at quarterback. Niners a four-point favorite kickoff at 4.05 on Fox. I don't think we're going to get that game on Fox here because of the Bengals, CBS, and the whole TV blackout thing. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get an early game uh, on Fox and then not the backup of the 4 o'clock games. College football. It's time to put up or shut up. And what a huge game on tap tonight. The Pac-12 championship game, a rematch. It's number 11 Utah against number 4 USC. Simply put, if the Trojans win this game, they are in the college football playoff. The Utes beat SC 43-42 back in mid-October. That game is at 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight on Fox. And make no mistake about it. Ohio State Buckeye fans are all aboard the Utah bandwagon for this one tonight if the Buckeyes have any chance of getting in the college football playoff Final Four. Number three, an unbeaten TCU plays really in the best game of this entire weekend. That's a Big 12 title game Saturday at Cowboys Stadium against number 10, Kansas State. The Horned Frogs beat K-State 38-28 in October and are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a noon kick. LSU plays number one Georgia in the SEC title game at four. That went on CBS. And the Big Ten title game is Saturday night in Indianapolis. Number two Michigan plays Purdue. Sadly, um, Blake Corum is going to be out for the year. The great running back at Michigan was injured two weeks ago against Illinois. Tried to play against Ohio State. Couldn't. Uh, it looks like he's requiring knee surgery. And really, uh, no word on if it's a minor surgery, which would give him a chance to come back for the playoff. It'd be a stretch. We'll wait and see how that goes. One final note, Tom Herman, the former Texas coach, you know, the guy who's been rumored as a candidate for the UC job, not anymore. He took the head coaching position at Florida Atlantic. Soccer, the United States faces the Netherlands. That's tomorrow morning at 10A. The winner advances to the quarterfinal round next week in baseball reds fest kicks off tonight or late this afternoon at the convention center downtown and the tampa bay rays signed zach eflin to a three-year 40 million dollar contract he's a pitcher he's pitched all seven seasons he's pitched for the philadelphia phillies it's the largest free agent contract ever given by the tampa bay rays boys good morning Casey, Paul, the dunce over there, deep in his computer. Brandon, say, oh, how are we looking? We're looking good. Horned Frogs, baby. Horned Frogs. Got the Horned Frogs. Horned Frogs. Sweatshirt. I got the Bobcat sweatshirt. Horned Frogs. Let's rock, Tom. Let's win a couple yeah, championships. Well, Casey, they, about they, the Norse. They haven't um, won since that game. We well, are loaded. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That two double overtime wins for the Norse in the last well, four days. Marquez worked 75 points in the last two games. 75 points in the last two games from from uh, NKU's point guard. 75 points. I should have worn some stuff today. Honestly, I should have. Yeah, he would have, could have, should have. Um, we got lots on the chat early on. <clears throat> Anonymous flexing with that Ohio University sweatshirt. The Bobcats are going to play Toledo in the title game. 
Uh, we failed to mention that in the monologue. That is a noon game tomorrow on ESPN. Um, a big one. And, you know, it's interesting that this whole UC football coaching thing, the twist and turns in this thing is amazing. I mean, it really is to replace Luke Fickle. Uh, Brian Hartline came out yesterday, and there were rumors he was going to interview for the UC job yesterday or today. And whether or not that has happened, is going to happen, I don't know. But he came out and said that right now his heart is at Ohio State, uh, where he is the passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach for the Buckeyes. Tom Herman, don't know if he was a serious candidate or not. Now all of a sudden, fellas, uh, we're hearing about the coach at Kent State, right? We're hearing about the coach at, what's the other Mac school? Was it Toledo? Toledo. Toledo. Um, And again, I'm not going to sit here like a lot of UC fans have listening to talk radio a little bit yesterday and just going off the reservation based on these guys and their record and what they've done or what they've not done. I'm not sure how many people were all that excited about Luke Fickle a couple of years ago, five years ago, or seven years ago, I guess technically, coached six seasons. Um, I don't know. But, um, you know, you, you look at a program like Kent State, and they just uh, they don't spend any money. Uh, their facilities are not very good. Uh, his record, subsequently, has not been very good. I don't know. And then there's a whole Dion thing that's floating around out there. Some people are saying there's a chance. Others are saying you're out of your mind. Well, I mean, Chad Brendel put up a hot board last night, and it had eight names on it. And it had Dion, who Chad said, quote, will not get it. it had three Mac guys. A wife swap with Wisconsin for Jim Leonard. <laughs> the current interim, Kerry Combs, who sounds like nobody really wants. One Power 5 assistant from Tennessee, the offensive coordinator. And then UC's current offensive coordinator. Doesn't exactly get your blood flowing. Nope. Not exactly the list. And see, Tom Herman taking the FAU job. Isn't that exactly what I said yesterday on the show? Just, like, Tom Herman is, is FAU's head coach. That's, that's a Tom Herman job. I said, Tired. Didn't I say tired yesterday? You did. And he went to FAU. Hater. He won games, but FAU. He's got to got to get back. Got to got to rebuild the brand. His personal he's still, brand. He's still a young guy. I'm telling you. I mean, you you know, he's still a young guy. And I remember Urban talking about him when Herman was his offensive coordinator. Um, he spoke very highly of the guy um, as a coach. And I guess we'll see how it goes. Is Florida Atlantic moving into a different conference? What's their story? I really don't pay any attention to them. Uh, No idea. I have no no idea. Not a clue in the world. There's going to be continued shuffling. Oh, they're joining the American. They're joining the American. American. That's what I knew there was something with them. So they're coming in as UC goes out. American Rising. And we'll see how it goes. All right. The Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity, visit Encore.tech, T-E-C-H. The path to innovation begins here. Coming up later on in the program, we're going to have Matt Lane. That's coming up in about a half hour from now. And you may remember if you were with us um, when we first started the show, we had Matt on. Uh, He follows the Kansas City Chiefs very closely. 
um, knows everything about the team. Um, and he is going to give us uh, his perspective on this matchup. I got to tell you, um, I was trying to surprise our son by buying a couple of tickets to the game this weekend. And, and look, I've been around for a little while. Doesn't make me any better or any worse than anybody else. But have a lot of connections in the town. Could not get near a ticket. I am convinced. I am convinced. This is the single biggest ticket in Bengals franchise history since the Freezer Bowl. I mean, find me another game. Even the playoffs? The wild yes, I, I believe even against Pittsburgh. I believe this is a hotter ticket. Now, there was more on the line for the Pittsburgh playoff game. There's no doubt about that. For Las but Vegas, I, 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 yeah, pure I demand and trying to find a ticket. Now, I know you can go to all the, you know, the websites of, of uh, StubHub. Yeah, StubHub or Vivid or whatever those things are. Um, but um, this is a hot ticket. 425 game, played them twice, beat them twice last year. Star power everywhere, including two of the top three, four, five quarterbacks in the NFL. Many believe if Mahomes is one, Burrow is two, uh, that this is, you know, sort of the next matchup moving forward in future years like you had with Brady and Peyton Manning that Burrow and Mahomes has a chance to turn into that kind of a duel um, over the next decade. It's a big-time game. Yeah, tickets are almost $200 online. And that's to sit all the way up at the yeah. very top. Yeah. Wow. wow. $171 before fees, so it might as well be like $500. <laughs> it's a lot of cash, man. And, um, you know, you start diving into some of the stats – of these two teams, and it's incredible how similar they are. When you're talking about total offense, when you're talking about your run game, your pass game. Now, the Chiefs, as we've mentioned, Patrick Mahomes has done something, is in the middle of something that has only been done by two other quarterbacks in the history of the league, and that was Dan Marino back in the 80s and Drew Brees in 2012 where Mahomes is thrown for 315 or more yards in six straight games. They average 321 passing yards per game. Defensively, again, very similar. One team gives up 22. The other team gives up 20 per game. As far as turning it over and taking it away, the Bengals are plus one in that category. The Chiefs are minus three. They turned it over 18. They've taken it away 15. So neither one of these teams uh, turn it over a lot and make a ton of mistakes, especially if you take away the very first game for the Bengals. They would be in major plus uh, minus uh, turnover to take away ratio were it not for the five turnovers by Joe Burrow, a fumble and four picks in the first game of the year against Pittsburgh. It, it's amazing, fellas, how, how similar – these teams are in virtually every – they both have excellent field goal kickers. This is a, this is a really good matchup. Yeah, this is high quality. What were you going to say, Casey? No, I'm High quality. High quality, baby. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. I have no idea what we're going to see on Sunday. I, I don't I, – I, I do think it will be a close game. I don't think either team's going to run away with it. But I have no idea what we're going to get. Honestly, I, I – tend to lean towards what what Zim says quite a bit. Um, 
in but, this game in particular, I, it's not. I don't. I'm not as confident as I was against the Titans. Um, I knew we'd win that game, um, but this game it, it is a true, in the sense, rivalry that's not yet been fully established. I guess is how I would put it. I mean. Mahomes versus Burrow will be a matchup that's talked about for years. And we will see them time and time again if we want to be contenders in the Super Bowl. So to me, this this is a uh, another Mahomes-Burrow matchup. And I just don't see where they've really changed a lot on their defense to stop us. Now Let's go, Casey. Now, Fire me up, Casey. <laughs> Fire me up. I the only the only thing is okay. Jamar Chase. That that's the X factor here. Depending on how healthy he actually is, how much he actually plays, will determine how well we do in this game. And I mean, Justin Reed just added a bunch of fuel to this fire. And I mean, that they're gonna be ready to play. You know, it's interesting, the only common opponent these two teams have this year is Tennessee. And it took really a, a, I'm not going to say a miracle, but Kansas City was really fortunate to beat Tennessee. Uh, They had the backup quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, did not play in that game. Kansas City was at home in that game. uh, And it took them to overtime to get to 20 points. When the Bengals put up uh, 20 against Tennessee, the Bengals were the first team to score 20 or more against Tennessee since that Kansas City game. Uh, and that was the only time Tennessee had allowed 20 or more going back to the second week of the year. Um, so, you know, you, again, I, I don't know how much stock you can put into the whole common opponents thing, especially when you start adding factors like um, Ryan Tannehill not playing in that game for Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at the, at the opponents this year, the Kansas City. Now, they put up 44 on San Francisco. And in that game, San Francisco had a lot of guys hurt. But you put up 44 on San Francisco. That, 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 that is saying something. But the rest of their teams in their division are really not very good this year. The Chargers, you know, they're, they're teetering on that whole playoff thing, but not a good defensive team. Uh, you know, the, the, you, you look uh, at some other teams they played out of conference like, uh, you know, the Cardinals and teams like that where they put up big-time numbers. They beat the Rams most recently, 26-10. to 10. The Rams are a mess. Um, I think that, you know, outside of Buffalo, which they lost to Buffalo 24-20, to 20, that was only in the, what, one, two, three, four, fifth game of the year. Um, I don't know their level of competition, how good it's been. And quite frankly, I don't know how good the level of competition has been for the Bengals. Most of their heavyweights are on the back end of this schedule. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that the Titans were the first real team that the Bengals have played, quarterback-wise. It was the first time they've had a starting quarterback play against the Bengals this yep. year. Yeah. So, you, you could make that backwards argument, too. And the Bengals, to their credit, went down and won without Jamar Chase. So, it's not like the Bengals went down finally played a starting quarterback and lost by 20. And then you're thinking, oh, no, maybe this was all a sham. I don't think, and again, I was digging through so many uh, stats today. 
But, but one thing I forgot to look at because it wasn't on here, at least in the ones that I was trying to break down, is, is, is Kansas City and, and how well they get after the quarterback. Now, I do know that they blitz as much as any team in the NFL. And if there's one area, and there are a lot of them, where Joe Burrow has excelled in his career, it's when other teams decide to blitz. And, you know, you have to wonder, this offensive line for Cincinnati, which has gotten better and better and better and better. Burrow was only sacked one time against Tennessee in the game last week. Um, and that's why I wondered a little bit, Casey and Paul, about a P. Ryan. You know, Mixon has been, I think, this year a little up and down as far as pass protection is concerned when he's got to stay in and pick up a blitzer. P. Ryan will put a hat on you now. He will. He yeah. will put a hat on you. And, and I wonder... You know, if Kansas City is a team that's going to come in here, I mean, why wouldn't you do what you've been doing? Because they have the best record in the AFC. As far as defense is concerned, you're not going to change anything for this game against Cincinnati. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'll know pretty quick how healthy Joe Mixon is once he gets out there. You get a few series in him, and then you see, okay, well, what, what are we working with? Is he going to get, like, one or two touches a series? Is it going to be P. Ryan that's the main back? Terry does make a good point. Lamar Jackson did play. And the Bengals lost that game. Forgot about that game. Well, that was a game I think all of us certainly agree that were it not for some highly questionable play calling. I mean, all you have to do down at the two-yard line is punch that ball in and you win the game. Right. And I would take my chances with this Bengals offense. Uh, you know, first and goal from the three, whatever it was. But, I mean, you give Baltimore credit, they, they stopped them, and, and that's that. But uh, that's a game where the Bengals clearly, and, and, and look, there have been two or three of those games this year, woulda, coulda, shoulda. They got to beat Baltimore when they come back here if they have any hope of uh, winning the division. But, you know, this game, and I said it at the outset, when, when, you, start, and when you start looking at if you go to ESPN.com, for example, there are a lot of other places you can find this. And you click on the playoff section of not, not just the standings, but specifically playoff, okay, and who the wild card teams, the division leaders, all these kind of things. And across the board, they give you uh, a team's record inside the conference. They give you a team's record inside the division, okay? The division thing, obviously, is going to be really important uh, when you come right down to it because the Bengals have only won one division game, and they have two left. They have Baltimore, and they have Cleveland, okay? So if they beat Baltimore, the first thing is head-to-head. -head. Well, you'd have a split. Then you go to division record, I think is the first one, right? If it's inside your division, that's the first tiebreak. But when you're talking about conference record or a team out of your conference, and you're starting to look at Buffalo and Kansas City, and now you're talking about playoff seedings and all those kinds of things, um, those teams are better in the conference so far this year than Cincinnati. And so you've got to find a way, and it's right there in front of you, especially as it pertains to Kansas City and Buffalo. You have to beat those teams head-to-head -to, -head to try to inch back and crawl back to get into a potential situation where your conference record is better than both of those. Yeah, and so they just need to get business done. <laughs> that, that's simple as that, right? They need to take care of business against the Chiefs. 
That gives them a better chance. I think the odds improve to like 80% or something like that if they win today. Or not today, I'm sorry. Sunday. On Sunday. You if mean they making the playoffs or winning the division? Win or making the playoffs, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So about like an eighty percent chance that they if they win today, Sunday. Really wish they were playing today so I could watch them. I'm super excited for the game. Can you um, not watch them on Sunday? No, I can't. Do can. we have a Reed Mouse situation here? No, I can watch them. I'm just okay. I'm just itching. I, I, You're just waiting. I'm chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit. Okay. Baltimore inside the division is two and oh. So they still have to play. Who have they not played? They need to play. They have the all Bengals three. once. They've they've already beaten the Browns once. They have to play the Browns again. They have to um, play Pittsburgh twice. They still have Pittsburgh twice. I think yes, so. they do. They have the Steelers twice in the last one, two, three, four, five weeks. And that's usually a pretty <laughs> good game, regardless of how Pittsburgh's doing. So, I mean, I think it's realistic that the Ravens could slip up once or twice. Yeah, I do too. Um, I When we get to our picks, um, I actually – I'm just so down on them this year. Uh, I have just no, no faith that they can keep continuing to play that the way they've been playing and win. I got to tell you, though, Casey, you look at this Baltimore schedule. I mean, I know. Dave, would you not like to be sitting in there – seat right now they're playing denver this week they play the steelers they play the browns they play the falcons they play the steelers again and then they play the bengals yeah i mean their schedule was front loaded unlike the bengals they've already played so the bengals the dolphins they've already played the patriots they've already played the bills they played the Giants, who are a playoff team as of today. They've already played Tampa Bay, who's not great, but it's Tampa Bay, and they beat them down there in Tampa Bay. So, you know, you look at these last number of weeks, there's no contest between the two teams as far as a schedule is concerned. That is clearly in Baltimore's favor. You do have the head-to-head -head matchup with them. I mean, here we are now talking about playoff possibilities when three weeks ago we were wondering if the Bengals were going to be over 500 at this point in time. Yeah. A lot's changed. A lot has changed. And it all starts with Joe, right? I mean, as long as you have Joe, you always have a chance. And he just proves time and time again that he can get the job done. Just to go off that, uh, going back a little bit, the Ravens for a second, um, I really do think that they could potentially have a three and three record inside our division. Lose against us, lose against the Steelers at home, lose against the Browns. At, at their You're home, the guy that's been saying the Cleveland Browns stink. Casey, you need to make up your long. mind you on the Browns. Hang on. The you need to make Lamar up your mind Jackson on the Browns. And the Ravens that... are going to lose to the Browns. Yes, because I really don't. I just. I'm telling you, I'm that down on the Ravens. And it's not just because I'm this huge Bengals homer fan. Did you just see the way they lost against the Jaguars? I did. They're so, they are so unreliable. So unreliable. Their whole entire team, including Lamar. Everyone puts them on a pedestal. I like agree with you some... about Lamar. I've said that from day one and even Brian Billick when he's on this show every week. Lamar is not in the same category. He said... Point blank, if you weren't with us earlier this week. And we don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to do when he comes back. 
I mean, he hadn't played basically in two years. Uh, he, he has a lot on his mind, I'm sure. Um, and here he is coming back. He'll get, you know, get his sea leg, so to speak, against Houston this week. And then he comes to Cincinnati next week. But he said, hands down, if he had to have one guy or the other, he'd take Deshaun Watson all day, every day over Lamar Jackson as right. a player. Right. And part of it is I'm, I'm banking on Deshaun being a X factor. If he comes out and stinks, then pff, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think the Browns will win another game. But if he comes out and he plays well, I think there's a potential chance that the Ravens get upset by the, the Browns and the Steelers. Can the Browns point. upset the Bengals with Deshaun Watson? That's next week. My my thought process is since we play them so early that he won't be quite there yet. But by the time he's played in the middle of his third game, he'll finally get his mojo back. Okay. That's a, that, that's that's my a viable thought. argument. That's my thought. Yeah. Now I have not I, I saw how he played in the preseason and it did not look great. So we'll see how he actually does. I Still think the Browns stink, and more than likely what's going to happen, and this has been my thought all all season long, and I'm sure you can back me up on this. I don't care if Deshaun comes back. I still think they stink. Like they, They're going to lose every game regardless if they have Deshaun or not. They should sit Deshaun and But you just said they were going to beat the Ravens. Yeah, you just said they're going to beat the Ravens, and now you're telling me they're going to lose every game. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm just giving out a scenario that I'm just saying that if there is a chance that the Browns could beat the Ravens, that's the scenario that has to happen. Deshaun struggles against the Texans. Kind of is almost sort of there against the Bengals. Then he finally gets it okay. by the time the Ravens. Okay, are there. that's fair. Now that's a realistic timetable to me, but. In all honesty, if you ask me, I think the Ravens stink, I think the Steelers stink, and I think the Browns stink. I think they're, they all have different issues, but Ravens are frauds. Lamar's not great. Their defense... Bengals is, are 1-3 against those three teams this year. 1-3. and three Against three teams three you three. just said stink. And they'll be 3-3 three and three by the end of the season. Okay. Let's uh, take a break. We're going to have... Uh, Matt Lane coming up here in a few minutes. And uh, we're going to talk all about the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we're going to ask him about this, this uh, Justin Reed thing. We're going to ask him, um, are the Chiefs a better team this year than they were last year? They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. We're going to ask him about the status of Juju. Apparently, he's been under the weather. Uh, but look, whether you like that guy or not, that guy's a gamer. He's a gamer. There's no way he's not going to be on the field for this game. There's zero chance, and I know most of you out there can't stand the guy. I'm not saying I'm a fan either, but he is a player, and he is a gamer, and he is healthy, and he will play. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Fridays are always a big day because we have all the picks we're going to be making a little bit later on today, the college stuff, the pro stuff. You know, we had Bob Huggins here a couple of uh, days ago on the big interview. Paul, our guy Huggy, leader of men. Yeah. Coming to town today. Uh, they'll be flying in sometime today, West Virginia, the Mountaineers, to take on Xavier tomorrow night, 6.30 p. tip-off at Centos Center on FS1, I believe yeah. it is. 
Um, Hugs was asked point blank about Xavier. Yeah. He said, I don't have any good things to say whatsoever. I love it. I love it. And I, I'm glad that the fans and the people around this game are finally figuring out how big of a game this is because I had a, a, a West Virginia writer on my podcast yesterday and he, or well, it came out this morning and he was talking about how this West Virginia team has really flown under the radar this year. And I agree with him. I think this is a good Well, one. you've seen them play in person. Yeah. For those that don't know, you saw them out in Oregon. Yeah, I did. And I think they're a good team. They lost by double digits to Purdue, but so did everybody else. Purdue's just beating the brakes off of everybody they're playing this year. So Including that, Duke. Yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't say, it doesn't say as much about West Virginia as it does about Purdue. So I'm glad that this game now with what Huggins has said this week and Xavier really needing a marquee win. I mean, if you look at Xavier's schedule, they have West Virginia tomorrow. They have Cincinnati next week in the Crosstown shootout. The rivalry is great for the Crosstown shootout, but the computers don't care about the rivalry. The computers care more about this game for Xavier's schedule than they do the shootout. All that being said, these are two games for Xavier, their last two high major non-conference opponents that you go on the road to beat Cincinnati, you play West Virginia at home. These are two huge games. This is not a game that Xavier can afford to lose. I'm not going to call it a must win, but it's not a game that Xavier can afford really to lose when you've gone to Portland, you've had these opportunities, you beat Florida, but is Florida a tournament team? I don't really know. And Huggins, is he's gotten in the media, he's stirred the drink a little bit, and I think now people are starting to realize, one, how good of a team this West Virginia team is and how much – of a uh, uh, how important this win would be for Xavier this year, and just the fanfare of you know we talk so much about UC going into the Big Twelve, and it almost exclusively because of the time of the season uh, centers on football. But the thing that's great about you know the, the, the joining the Big Twelve is uh, the the conference is trying to set up, or they are setting up natural rivalries inside the conference when it comes to uh, basketball. And for the University of Cincinnati, that natural rival inside the Big Twelve is West Virginia. They've already established that. Yeah. So that means that Huggy Bear is going to be rolling into UC once a year, every year. Oh boy! Yeah. It's great. And you look at the Big 12, and they've been either the best or the second best conference in the country for pretty much the last 10 years. And, and now they've got TCU on the rise again. Jamie Dixon, uh, leader of men. TCU. They got a good team. Went to the eight. They no. got jobbed out of the Elite Eight last year. I mean, the they, had a good, they had a good team last year. I don't think they've they have only lost teams. one this year, and they blew the doors off somebody pretty good the other Iowa. night. Iowa. They did beat Iowa. I and mean, they beat they've got a pretty – I'm telling you, watch that team. I've seen right. them play. They got everybody back from last year. Yeah. They've had two players that have missed uh, most of the games already this year, two of their starters. Yeah. So they can, they've been undermanned. They're good. They can play some good defense. Offense has some question marks, but they can play some good defense. But, yeah, this game tomorrow night at Centos is going to be great. And I'm glad, I'm really glad that Huggins, whether he's done it purposefully or not, I'm guessing he has, and I'm guessing it's just naturally how he's talked about it. But uh, I'm glad he has said what he has said because it's really gotten everybody fired up on, on both sides of it. Speaking of fired up, I don't know Phil McGroin. First time I've seen him in our chat. <laughs> oh. You guys know him? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> he says to, Tom, to all Tom, of us... Tom, just say that name out loud again. I know the name. 
<laughs> the Browns don't stink. They crush the Bengals, and they'll do it again. <laughs> Dude, you don't think that I've been down this road before. Uh, on no, this I, stuff. I just wanted to make we sure. We used to get all the time in the booth. We, I, I'm not even going to say it, what it is, what the name is, in, in a similar vein. Back in the days when I was announcing the Cubs games, and, and many of you may remember, Harry Carey throughout the course of the game would always start reading out letters or notes from fans. If you walked into Wrigley Field, you could write a note, drop it in a box. An usher would bring a big box up to the booth, and Harry would reach in there and grab about five of them, just drop them on his, uh, on his scorebook. And, he, you know, they're here from Kokomo, Indiana, or they're here from Joliet, Illinois, and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, a couple of those started drifting down this same thing. Uh, he's the one who wrote it, not me. Um, I said it, though, and Ricky Vaughn, uh, who's uh, debating coming out of retirement, says LOL. <laughs> like we have, uh... AJ says, feel my blank. <laughs> Boy, we got some demented people in this chat. I mean, I'm excited for all of them and grateful to have them, but, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. My main man, Sir Boy Wonder, he's always positive and upbeat, and he continues to maintain that based on my coaching track record in basketball, that I should be the new UC football coach. All right, let's get to Matt Lane. He is all everything that is Kansas City Chiefs football. Matt, welcome. Thanks for coming back to the program. This is an exciting Sunday coming up. It is. Thank you guys for having me back. It was a lot of fun last year, even if, uh, you know, I was a little sad maybe at the end of the game, but uh, it's a lot of fun to be back here. So thank you for having me. All right. I got to ask you, uh, let's start with this whole uh, Justin Reed thing. Now, I maintain that yesterday and we ran the clip. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to actually hear it and see it. I, you know, look, I don't know uh, in some circles around here. Uh, there are a lot of people that are really bent out of shape about it. I've maintained in all the years that, that I used to broadcast football that if you really started talking to coaches and players, their focus every single week is centered on the number of the player, not necessarily the player's name. There are others that have suggested this is a shtick, that he's just doing this to kind of jack around and loosen things up. What's your interpretation? What's the Kansas City Chiefs fan interpretation of what he said that, that, that that's kind of blown up into a big story. It's probably twofold. Um, I think myself, like, yeah, he's talking about numbers because that's how players in the NFL usually look at their upcoming opponents, right? You're not going to know the name of every single player. And he even started off getting the number correct. And then he got confused over the name and talking about a bunch of different H names. I believe the reporter even put Higgins out there and he just agreed with it after a second. So I don't think that there was any intentional kind of uh, shade to be thrown at Hayden Hurst about being, you know, not knowing his name. That said, when I do watch it, I do think that, you know, he said he was going to lock him up. He looked in the camera and said it. I, I think that he was trying probably to lighten up the Chiefs team a little bit. It sounds like the Chiefs are pretty, they're getting up for this game. This is a game that they've been thinking about for a while. They're ready for it. So I do wonder if he was trying to kind of, you know, just he wasn't here last year saying, I'm new. I'm here to help, you know, let me let me lighten the mood a little bit with a little light trash talk back and forth. And it just came across a lot worse when he got the name wrong beforehand. 
Yeah, and, and but I will tell you one thing, and, and of course Hayden Hurst is brand new to Cincinnati, so a lot of people around here are seeing him or really paying attention to him for the first time. Uh, he made the comment yesterday. He's like, I'm like an elephant. I have a long memory. And, and from what we've seen from Hayden Hurst, I'll tell you what, I mean, it may not add up to a hill of beans, but I don't want that cat looking out for me. I can promise you that. Because I don't know if you saw that block he delivered last week in that Tennessee game. He decleated Bud Dupree, unlike any hit I've seen in a long, long time. And if Reed was suggesting that it is Hurst who is not a good blocker, um, boy, he better have that head on a swivel. I can promise you that. I remember uh, Hayden Hurst playing at South Carolina. And I mean, he had a handful of those plays back in college where he absolutely leveled some defensive ends. So yeah, I thought that was a little off to say that he's not much of a blocker. He's a, he's a bigger tight end still, especially in today's NFL. And he will absolutely hit somebody. So it was, a, it was an interesting remark, um, especially for Reed. I, Justin Reed came to the Chiefs. He's been a great leader. He's been phenomenal for that secondary. But I wouldn't say that he's playing at a level that, you know, he's a guy that I want to be sparking up a lot of uh, trash talk ahead of a game where the secondary is definitely going to be tested. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I think he was trying to, like you said earlier, lighten the mood a little bit. I think the Chiefs are very intent this week on being up for this game, being a little bit more aggressive, especially seeming how those games ended last year. And I think he's just trying to add a little bit more fun back into it because they're probably taking it a little bit more serious than they do week to week. You know, I, I'm kind of curious, Matt, around here, uh, since Joe Burrow became the quarterback, um, the Cleveland Browns, for whatever, for whatever reason, have had the Bengals number. There's no doubt the Browns live inside, collectively, the Bengals' heads. They're going to try and exercise those demons next week, but that's next week. Um, we heard the same things about Tennessee, that the Bengals are deep in their head. You know, they beat them last year in the playoffs going down to Tennessee. Uh, they go down there last week. Uh, Tannehill was back. He did not play against Kansas City in a game. Kansas City won by three over the Titans in Kansas City. Uh, and that the Bengals live inside the Titans' head. Um, I don't know if two games is enough uh, to feel that way for Kansas City. Um, but I, if I hear you right, uh, there certainly is a lot of motivation in this game for the Chiefs playing against the Bengals. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And I'm with you. I don't know if two games means they live in their head. The Chiefs were right there with Alex Smith before Patrick Mahomes, or even Mahomes' first year starting. They were losing to the Patriots essentially every single year when it mattered at some point in time. And that was a team that I would say at that point in time, was it was in their head. I don't think the two games put the Bengals there. But if you come out of this Sunday and there's another loss, especially if it goes down essentially the same way where you can't hold on to a lead late in the game, then I think you're squarely at that point. And that's that's what's nerve makes me nervous as a Chiefs fan is it seems like the Chiefs have gone out of their way to make sure that they are letting it be known that this game matters to them. So what happens if they do fall short in this particular one? Now you've kind of set yourself up that there's a boogeyman that plays in the AFC for you and it's the Cincinnati Bengals which it's fine to be up for this game, but I don't think you ever want to set yourself up as we have to beat this team in the regular season or it's not good. And I feel like the Chiefs are getting close to that point at this point in time. That's a, that's a, that is a really interesting point. Um, 
is Kansas City better than a year ago? You know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, when people on our show start talking about last year, last year, last year, I, you know, I, I got to a point where I'm just like, look, I'm tired of hearing those two words. But now I'm going to do the same thing to you. Uh, everybody knows about Tyree Kill leaves, although, uh, you know, I think Juju is just a phenomenal player. He may not be uh, Tyree Kill, but, I mean, the guy's a stud. Uh, and they've, yeah, they brought in other pieces to that whole thing. All in all, is Kansas City, in your estimation, a better team than the one that lost the AFC Championship a year ago? Um, yes. And overall, yes. They're not as dangerous. Losing Tyree Kill, you lose a certain level of potential danger on any given play where he can take you know the ball 99 yards for a touchdown. So they're not as dangerous in terms of like a big play. But overall, from start to finish of the game, I do think they're better. I think their offense has adapted to the way teams have played them. I think they have found their weaknesses that were exploited a little bit last year. They've added pieces like a Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a prime example of this, that helps fill some of the voids that were available that they couldn't do last year when teams played, dropping a bunch of guys in coverage, just keeping everything in front. I think they have found out what their weaknesses are on offense. They're going to be a more consistent offense this year as things keep going on throughout the playoffs. So I do think they're a little better. And it seems like if the last three years are any indication, the defense should be peaking right as they hit playoff time because that's kind of what they've done under Steve Spagnuolo. So as long as it keeps trending that direction, they should be a more formidable or more complete opponent than they were last year. Talk to me about the Kansas City pass rush. I, I know that the Chiefs love to blitz. They blitz as much, if not more, than any team in the National Football League. That's an area where Joe Burrow, in a short amount of time, uh, has really taken advantage of teams that blitz against him and this offense. Um, walk us through uh, how you see this Kansas City defense. What are they this year? Because I know they're not taking it away a lot. Yeah. No, they're, I think, last in the NFL in terms of forcing takeaways, and which has put their overall turnover margin at the bottom third of the league. So it's not that. Um, Steve Spagnuolo is always going to be aggressive. There's always going to be a lot of blitzing. He's going to mix in. He's going to bring cover zero blitzes. He's going to bring corners off the edge. Like He's going to blitz. The thing is, the past couple weeks, the Chiefs pass rush, their four-man pass rush, the defensive line's been getting after it a little bit. And getting Frank Clark back from a suspension, while he hasn't been great for the Chiefs, he's been a big help. So the four-man pass rush is improving. Chris Jones has been arguably the best defensive tackle in the entire NFL this year. So like they have a guy on the interior that is playing at a next-to-Aaron Donald level. You get adequate play from the defensive ends. I think the four-man pass rush should be good. The issue was going into the playoff game last year against the Bengals, you saw what the Titans four-man pass rush. You saw what every other pass rush was doing, and then the Chiefs came out there, and they couldn't get near that much pressure. And they were kind of forced into blitzing Joe Burrow because they couldn't cover long enough to keep those good receivers under wraps. They had to try to get pressure by blitzing. That wasn't working very well, as we all saw. So I don't think they should. They will blitz as much this game. But, I mean, it's Steve Spagnuolo. There's going to be times where he's going to send the house and just hope that he catches the quarterback off guard because that's kind of what he does. The run game for the Chiefs, I know there have been guys that have been nicked up and in and out and that whole kind of thing. Um, where is the run game at this point in time? I mean, around here, you know, you, you get wrapped up, and I'm sure Kansas City's in the exact same boat. When you have quarterbacks like Mahomes and Burrow and all the weapons these guys have had uh, offensively at the skill position, 
uh, skill positions. You know, the easiest thing in the world is just to fall in love with passing the ball all the time. And clearly the Chiefs are on that kind of run right now where Mahomes going for 315, 320 uh, every single game. But, but do you think that the run game is something they need to do more of? Uh, are, are they are, Potentially, are they going to get better in the run game? Or, or are they just saying, you know what, we'll, we'll do it every now and again, but we're going to live and die on Mahomes' arm? So since their bye week uh, four games ago, so four weeks ago, they've come out and they, they've changed their run game a little bit. Um, rookie Isaiah Pacheco has taken over as the starting running back, and that seems to have helped, and it's helped lead to this. Uh, coming out of the bye week, they've run a lot more gap scheme stuff, so a lot more power runs, a lot more counter runs, and that seems to fit a lot better with the personnel they have, whether running back or the offensive line. So the past three games, you know, they've had 27 or more carries in every single game, went over 100 yards. They're never going to be a smash-mouth football team, but getting to know some random arbitrary numbers that we could pick out, just the ability to run the ball at a somewhat consistent level, even as an off-speed pitch to take all of the pressure off the passing game, I think is beneficial. And it looks like they're finding a way to work that in. They've gotten away from running inside zone off their RPOs is the majority of what they did to start the year or last year. And it just simply was never effective for them. It seems like this year they've adjusted their run game to be more beneficial for the players they have in the past couple weeks out of the bye week. It's been a little bit better. So I don't know if it will ever take over a game, but it might be able to pull teams out of playing so much dime or light nickel personnel, which at the end of the day, that's what Andy Reid wants is to get defenses into a little bit heavier personnel so they can take advantage of more mismatches in space. All right. Um, uh, I know you're not in Kansas City. Are you coming to Cincinnati for the game or no? Oh, I wish I was, but uh, no, I can't swing it with the holidays coming up this year. I get it. I get it. Uh, one other thing, before I'm going to ask your prediction on this game, I noticed the other day you also cover uh, college football to a great extent, lesser extent, whatever it might be. Uh, I have family ties to the TCU Horn Frogs. Go Frogs! Go Frogs! Frogs! But but wait, wait a minute now, you can't do that. You you were writing something about Kansas State the other day, right? Oh no no no! I I am uh, I am fully supporting TCU this year. I have no college football allegiance. Um, so at KCSN, we do cover all the local college teams in Kansas City, right? So the Missouri Tigers, Kansas Jayhawks, Kansas State Wildcats. We have all that coverage there. But me personally, I don't have a college team allegiance. So every year, I just start watching college football because I love it. And halfway through the year, I just find the team that I'm rooting for the most, the team I'm having the most fun watching that year. And this year, since like week three or four, it, it's been the TCU Horn Frog. So I've, I have been on the Horn Frog bandwagon all season. Um, we'll see if it continues beyond this year, if it's just a one-year thing for me. But I, I'm getting a lot of elbow ribbing from, you know, coworkers and stuff that are K-State Wildcat fans. But I, I am full on with the Frogs this year. All right. Well, we're rooting for them tomorrow. Uh, that'll be at noon against Kansas State. Kansas State is really a uh, – they are playing good football, and they're one of the hottest teams in the country. I think of all the championship games that are going to be played this weekend, that potentially could be the best one. It's certainly the matchup, best matchup on paper going in of all of the championship games. All right. Bengalis v. Kansas City Chiefs. Your prediction, if any, Matt Lane. Let's hear it. Okay. So – we might avoid the actual score. I don't know. We'll see where we get to the end of this. But um, 
We saw in the first two games, right? The Chiefs, there is, you can look back and say the Chiefs can find success against this Bengals team when you go back and look at both first halves. The Chiefs were, I don't want to say dominant, but jumped out to early, comfortable leads both games. They showed they can move the ball. They can slow down the Bengals' offense a little bit to start each game. The problem is the Bengals just keep coming. They made better adjustments than the Chiefs both times, and they made better situational decisions, clutch plays, whatever you want to call it. So that's always going to be lingering there in the back. I do think the Chiefs are going to come out with, you know, Andy Reid's vaunted A-plus game script stuff that maybe doesn't show up week after week, but I think you'll come out and get that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chiefs pop out to a small early lead again, but then it's going to be how do they handle the Bengals clawing back in, like it's happened the last two years. I I'm still a Chiefs fan at heart. I think the Chiefs, when they are playing well, are still the best team in the NFL. The problem is they have been out situational football to the Bengals the last two times they've played. So can they hold on down the stretch if it goes that route? I think the Chiefs could win a close one here. But again, I will be nervous the entire time just because of the way the last two games went and the way the Bengals were able to come back both times. And the Bengals are rolling right now. I mean, they are rolling. Uh, both teams are rolling. Uh, Cincinnati had the, you know, the, the first two games of the year where they just they were awful and, and, and on and on and on and on. But, man, since then, they have got it going on. All right, Matt, we thank you for your time, my friend. Enjoy the game. Have a great weekend. And who knows? Maybe we'll be reaching out to you to talk again come mid or late January. If the Chiefs lose again, I don't think I can come back on for superstitious uh, <laughs> issues. But uh, no, thank you guys for having me so much. Hopefully, it's a good game, and I do hope to get to come back on uh, later, uh, early next year. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good game. All right, Matt, take care of yourself. Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. Godspeed ahead. We Same thank you. you for your time. Uh, so there you have it. He thinks they're a better team than they were a year ago. Good He's really good. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He follows a team uh, each and every week, and uh, and he's on it. Um, the morning line is on it. The morningline.substack.com with Paul Doherty. Uh, I, I thought we had crossed this bridge already, Doc, about you wearing the TML uh, <laughs> lid, but apparently not. Um, and you have what looks like a Kansas State sweatshirt on, at least their, their colors. That's not good. Uh, although it could be the Horned Frogs sweatshirt. You have any running interest like, in that game, Doc? The Horn Frogs against uh, Kansas State? Absolutely none. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you'll at least, uh, if nothing else, you'll root for TCU. I got a daughter down there, so we're rooting for them to get to the okay. college football play. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, this Bengals game, you may have heard a little bit from Matt Lane. He covers a team. Uh, and, and I would make the argument, and, and I, I'm, I'm probably wrong, I'm wrong a lot, uh, that this is the hottest ticket uh, in this town going all the way back to the Freezer Bowl in that AFC championship game. Some might say that playoff game against the Steelers is a, is a hotter ticket, was a hotter ticket, I don't know. Uh, but it is really tough to find tickets for this game. Um, this is a big-time game, Doc. And it, Look, if you're in a city – that has an NFL team, these are the kinds of games you hope your team would be playing year in and year out. Yeah, well, well, of course. And, and the Bengals are in the middle of uh, the Joe Burrow window um, where, where he's still playing on that rookie contract and he's, he's playing very well. And, and, and it, as we've seen, the, the depth is there partially because they can pay guys 
because Burrow is not on the mega deal yet. Um, that window's closing. Uh, this year may be the last of it, maybe next year, regardless, it, it, it has a shelf life. But right now, they're, they're playing very well, and, and they need, in my opinion, they need to win this game to, to seize control of things. Uh, judging from the way the Ravens are playing and have played for a while, they're not that good. You know, they've they, they, they blown a lot of big leads this year. The defense, which is usually their trademark, has been shaky. Uh, the offense has not been able to come up with big plays when they needed big plays. They're very beatable. Uh, I, I think that when this all shakes out, depending on the outcome of Sunday's game, the two best teams in the AFC are the, are the two that we're going to watch play here on Sunday. And, and if the Bengals can, can get this game, That'll be three in a row against Kansas City, uh, allegedly the top dog in the conference. Um, and it might uh, do what it did to, to the Titans, plant, plant a little seed in the back of their minds that we don't want to see these guys in January because we don't think we can beat them. Um, if the Bengals should beat the, the Chiefs for the third time in a row, the Chiefs may be somewhere in that neighborhood that, that the Titans are in right now. Man, why, we, we, can't, we just can't beat these guys. You know, it was interesting to listen to Matt, and, and you know how it goes, Doc. When you work in a town or a fan or, or a member of the media or whatever it might be, the, the forest for the trees kind of thing, you know, it's really interesting the perception of Kansas City people, fans, Matt Lane a second ago, he just alluded to it. The perception there is, is that the Bengals outcoached the Kansas City Chiefs last year. You know, two times the Chiefs come out, they get a lead. Adjustments start to be made. That doesn't always mean at halftime. It's series by series on through the course of a game. But the feeling around Kansas City is, is that the Bengals stab, Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo, whoever it might be, that they outmaneuvered the great Andy Reid and company a year ago. And, and, and look, I, I guess that, you know, I was as hard on Zach Taylor as anybody through the first four, five, six, seven games of the year, right through that Baltimore game and the Cleveland game. But, um, but there are a lot of people that don't have the same perception maybe that I did. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big on, on saying who, who outcoached whom. Um, to say that Andy Reid got outcoached by Zach Taylor, I, I, I don't know. The, the Bengals won the game, won both games. In fact, they came from 14 down in the first game and from, I think, 18 down in the yep. second game in the playoffs on the road. Uh, I guess that has something to do with, with, with coaching. I think it has a lot more to do with the guys on the field and, and the belief that the Bengals had last year and are getting back this year. It, it really doesn't matter what the score is, how far they're down. They never think that they're out of a game. Uh, and that's pretty important against an offense like Kansas City's because you can get behind them real easy. And they did twice last year and came back to win in the West. So that was coaching. I, I know that they were more aggressive. Uh, they didn't play on tiptoes uh, the way that they played. They played earlier this year. Uh, they, they took it to the, the Chiefs on fourth down a couple of times, I believe, in the regular season game, a couple really crucial goal line situations. Um, is that coaching? I sure. I mean, Zach Taylor made the call, right? Got to go for it here. We need a touchdown. We got to get in the. We got to get in the end zone, and they did, thanks to a couple of penalties on the Chiefs. Um, 
I, I guess that's coaching. Long, long, long answer to a short question. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm qualified. I, I'm not an expert on. So I, I'm not going to say that. Wow, the, the Bengals staff really did a number on the Chiefs. Maybe they did, but I just think they had the better team that day, both days. You know, I, I got to be honest with you, Doc. I, I, you know, and everybody talks about Mahomes and Burrow and all that kind of thing. But 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 I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me on this. There's something about this Bengals defense that I think separates them from Kansas City. I don't know if I can put a finger on it statistically or any of those kinds of things, but this is a group to me that going back to last year, especially when it mattered most, through this year, outside of really the Cleveland game, that's the only game this year where this defense has not played well. There is something about this defense that I am a big believer in. Doesn't mean they're going to win a game. Doesn't mean they're going to stop Patrick Mahomes. But there's just something about him. You agree with that or disagree? I do, and I think that Sunday will be decided on defense. I mean, that sounds insane given the, the offenses and the quarterbacks. And it, it very well could be a, you know, a 37 to 33 game. Uh, but I think that the game will be won by the team whose defense makes a big play or big plays near the end of the game. Uh, and, and you're right. I, you're, there is something about it. I, I wonder how they'll hold up at, at corner. Uh, Taylor Britt had a great game last week uh, against a, a pretty poor passing attack, frankly. Uh, he, he needs to play very well again this week against a very good, the best passing attack in the league. They play well as a, as a team. Uh, they sell out for one another as far as I can see. They, they, they play hard all the time, all the cliches, Tom, because they certainly don't have any any stars, any all-stars. I mean, you, you could look at you know, DJ Reader when he when he has played, Sam Hubbard's been very consistent. Wouzier uh, before he got hurt, I think was playing as well as he's ever played. But on the whole, they, they don't they don't have a, a stud on that side of the ball. They, they they play good team defense. I think Lou Anaruma has proven to be a, a, a pretty good defensive coordinator. Gets him in the right position, right spots. Um, but I think the game will be won on defense by by a play or plays late in the game. All right, I want to shift gears to a couple of other quick topics. Um, the UC coaching job vacancy. Uh, and, and we talked about how uh, John Cunningham, the athletic director, keeps everything extremely close to the vest uh, and that maybe a lot of people around here weren't all that excited about Luke Fickle coming in here seven years ago. Turns out to be the best thing that's ever happened to the program, him along with Brian Kelly. Um, and And... and, and and, you know, now all of a sudden, some of these names that were out there, whether it was reality or not, Tom Herman's now going to Florida Atlantic. Brian Hartline sends out a tweet that says, my heart is at Ohio State. And now we're starting to read a lot about a lot of guys who, look, they might be phenomenal head coaches. I have no idea in a different situation. But you know, you've said it before about you don't have to win the press conference, but it, it, I don't know. It, it just seems to me that all of a sudden now we're talking about some guys where I'm kind of shaking my head going, is this UC job really as good a job as maybe I thought it was? Uh, that's that's tough to say. They they need to get somebody fairly quickly. And, and like you said, two of the guys that people said were 
right in the mix here are not anymore. And Deion Sanders is still hanging out out there, waiting until his team plays a swack or whatever it is championship tomorrow before he makes anything, any kind of a commitment one way or the other. I, I, I don't know, Tom. I, I, it's a better job than, than it was when Fickle took it. And we got Luke Fickle, uh, who turned out to be a pretty good coach. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to pass judgment or, or panic and, until I see who they get because uh, John Cunningham is very close to the vest. And nobody knew, nobody suspected, I don't think, that Luke Fickle was going to be the guy seven years ago. Uh, and maybe there's somebody out there that we aren't even talking about that, that they will hire. And, and then we'll see if he's a good hire or not. I'm, uh, I'm a little concerned, if I'm a UC fan, that they haven't gotten a guy yet, if only because you need these guys in as soon as possible. You need to hit the ground running with the recruiting uh, as soon as you possibly can. Um, and they haven't been dragging their heels, obviously. It's still very early. Uh, and, and they may get a great guy, somebody that's, that we all say, hey, that really is a great hire. I don't know, but I, they, they, made, the right, they made the right move last time, um, which gives me a little confidence that they'll be able to do that again. All right, last thing I want to ask you about is Reds Fest starts uh, later this afternoon down at the convention center. We've well documented all the issues going on with the Reds and the Reds franchise and their lack of popularity, whether it's people coming to the games, following the team, whatever it might be. Um, you know, if you own that club, um, what are you realistically expecting in terms of any kind of reception? Because this is a phenomenal event. I mean, it's a great event. It's well run. It's well done. They have a little bit of everything, whether you're bringing your kids, your grandkids, whether you and a date, your wife, your granddad, your dad, whatever, there's something for everybody there. Um, but do you suspect this is just more bad news as far as uh, optics are concerned for the Reds the next two days? I, I you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that people will show up. It's the winter time. It's cold. It's indoors. They get all, you know, Joey Votto will be there. We can get an autograph. Um, all the peripheral stuff is is still in place. I just, I just think, and I said this at the beginning of last year, and really nothing has changed. This isn't last year wasn't their year. This year won't be their year. Uh, maybe next year when they get some contracts off the books uh, and the young guys that they're hoping to develop will indeed develop, especially the pitchers. Um, for this year, it's another case of, you know, go to the games because you love baseball and the Reds, not necessarily because you want to see them win. If you go to the ballpark expecting them to win, you're probably going to be disappointed more often than not. If you go to the ballpark because you love baseball and, and you love the Reds and it's a nice night out in the summer in the middle of July, uh, I, I think you'll fare a lot better. And as long as, if you can, as a fan, be realistic with the expectations because the expectations from what I've seen so far you know, the, the roadmap is not leading to the playoffs in, in 2023. And, and you hope that it makes some progress in 2024. And then maybe by 2025, they're ready to go. Uh, um, but if you expect them to win, do well right off the bat, you're going to be disappointed a lot and angry a lot. And I, I would highly recommend you don't do that. <laughs> no expectations except to have fun and enjoy the game. Are you going to the Bengals game on Sunday, by the way? No, no. Okay. I don't. Okay. You know what? This is and this is 
This well, is you went a couple of weeks ago, so that's why I bring it up. You I, went a few weeks back. I, I don't I, I don't get a whole lot more, and I you know I I did it for God knows how many years, you know, almost forty years, and, and I found that over the long haul, uh, unless there's somebody in particular that I really would want to talk to, players these days are not as good as they used to be when it comes yep. to being free with themselves and their personalities, and um, I get just as much by by sitting at home watching the game. Uh, getting the quote sheets afterwards, reading them over. Um, I don't have the relationships now that that I had, you know, even four or five years ago with players where I could get somebody and say, you know, off the record, what the hell's going on? Uh, and that's when it's useful to to be in, be there in person. If if you can work the locker room, uh, having not been around this year and, and really not a lot last year either, I, I don't have those connections right now. Um, so I don't get any more out of going to the games than I, than I do sitting at home watching TV. And, and that sounds strange coming from a guy who's worked a lot of locker rooms. Um, but I'm in a position now where I'm doing, I'm doing this stuff for myself, essentially. Uh, no, nobody's paying me to do the morning line. So I, I can kind of pick and choose my spots. And I, I sort of picked and chose not, not to get down there this week. I'll tell you one guy I did think of, though, that if you were going to leave uh, the house over the weekend for a sporting event, uh, we had Bob Huggins on here for about 50 minutes on Wednesday. Uh, he was, I mean, just unbelievable. And talking about yeah. his career and the whole UC thing, and, and now he sort of stirred it up again with the answer to the question about coming back to Xavier. Um, yeah. I mean, that, now, now I would think maybe you get off the couch and go down and see Hugs tomorrow night. But I guess not, right? You're not going? Probably not. I'm, I, I'd get off the couch to see him just to shake his hand and say hi and ask him how he's doing. Uh, in terms of a, a, of a writing subject, I don't know. I, I, I think I know him pretty well, as, as well as, I, as most people do in, in the media. And certainly I, I wouldn't know him any better by going to a game – tomorrow night and watching them play well he, he, he the the amount of people and, and i'm just getting tuned into this whole social media thing i mean the amount of people that we posted a, just one clip from him yesterday it's up over twenty one thousand views on the thing the guy is he's unbelievable and um looking forward to having him back in town not only this year but in future years uh coming back as part of the big 12 with uc joining up next year doc thanks for your time have a great weekend best to you and your family Okay, Tom, thank you. All righty. TheMorningLine.Substack.com. You can read Paul Doherty. After 35 years of the Cincinnati Enquirer, all his great stuff, it continues. It continues. Boys, we're going to take a break. You know it's about that time, don't you? It is. It's about that time. You're <clears throat> running out of opportunities to make up ground. It's coming right down to the wire, though. It's a close race. See, Casey wouldn't see say that to me. Casey will call me that? an ex-professional, but he wouldn't say that to me. <laughs> Never in a million years. Has but, anybody oh, asked God. you about that ex-professional thing lately at all? Did anybody for a while there? Uh, so I have actually, uh, every time I would visit my family or uh, my in-laws throughout the holidays, yep. they actually called me the ex-producer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they asked me if I actually had job security here. They, they genuinely were afraid for, for me for a second. 
Greatest reaction I've ever seen in television in recent years was that of Paul Fritchner. <laughs> if you haven't seen that piece of video, you got to go dig it up. The second uh, ex-professional rolls off the lips of one Casey McAllister. The look on Paul Fritchner's face. Priceless. No question. And then you posted yesterday about how cold it was in the studio. I was bundled up in here. We were all bundled up in here. I'm still kind of bundled up. That's still kind of I, cold. I, I, yeah, if, it, if I didn't have this TCU hoodie on, show off, I'd be having my jacket on. I'll tell you what. Boom Shakalaka says he is surprised the mortgage company gave Casey a loan after that statement. How's the, how, how is the house, Casey? House is great. Doing any work on it? Everything good? We haven't gotten an update for a while. No, the house is great. Um, we are just slowly but surely like making it our own. You know, you go into a new home and it's just blank. You don't have any. It's an empty canvas. Yeah, it's the an world empty is canvas. yours. It is. And we're just slowly putting pieces together. Like we just put up our Christmas stuff. You get a tree? Yeah, we got a tree. Real Big tree, tree or real, real tree? tree? No, not a real tree. Oh, oh my lord. Oh, I'm my sorry, guys. Lord. I know. That is I a know. whole debate I, in and of itself. I know. And the fake tree thing to me is just oh. I, I really want to do a real one at some point. What the this, hell's a big deal? You can go out and get one today. I know, but it's, it's December just, the second. It really is just more simple to go out and buy a fake one, so it, it's cheaper. And okay, well, that it is. It's significantly cheaper and, right now. And it was just easy to pick it up at, at Target. Okay. And okay, I'm a Target guy. I like Target. And on top of all that, like, we, we got it all done in one day, whereas we would have to go out, pick the tree. I don't have any way of bringing it back home right now. I, like, I'd have to strap it somehow over top of my car. Yeah, I get it. It would just be a huge ordeal. One day I, I will get a real tree because I've never had a real tree. My family was always a fake tree family, which I don't hate the fake tree, but I want to have a real one one really? day. Really? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You, were you going to add something there? The dunce has actually gotten up from over there, uh, Brandon Seho. Well, I wanted to know. You had such a big reaction to that. You had such a big reaction to that, so you're a real tree guy. Yeah. Like your whole life. Cause I'm, whole I'm a, life. I'm a, I'm a fake tree guy. My parents split up. My dad got this little four-foot tree. He'd leave all the ornaments on. So we'd go over to Christmas season in his house. It'd all be set up. He would just, every off-season or during you know non-Christmas times, put a, a uh, blanket over it. No yep. dust. Yep. I've adopted the same thing. I just sit in the closet, and then as soon as December rolls around, bring out the four-foot tree. All the ornaments are on it. Take the, <laughs> take the sheet off, and it's easy. And I'm a huge Christmas person. Christmas Vacation is my favorite movie. I love we we get together with my family every Sunday, Advent dinners. Uh, I'm a big big Christmas guy, but the fake Christmas tree is a major key in my book. But I'm not a man, a real man like you, Paul. Where are you? He on needs this? somebody on his side. Where are you here? on this? We did fake trees my whole life. Oh my lord! No 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 no! Wait, sorry sorry sorry. We did real trees. My Which whole is life. it? Sorry, there's sorry. only two choices here, sorry. Paul. Wow, oh, I was I was reading fake news now. I, I, now he's lying. No, I saw Ricky Vaughn. I was reading it as I said oh, it. Sure, he said fake. No, no, yeah, we we no, we always did. We go to Home Depot and get it. We didn't cut it down ourselves. We'd go to Home Depot. We'd get a we'd get a real tree. I know. Okay. I have a. I want to. I have one of my. They are very expensive now, though. I mean, they're they're extraordinarily expensive right now. Real trees. One of my best friends uh, met his current or future. They're getting married next year. Wife cutting down a Christmas tree. They were at a Christmas tree farm together. 
Really? Yeah. Well, like two separate families? Through, through mutual friends. Yeah, they all, it was like a big group of friends. Maybe I need like, to go cut down a tree. Hang the lights, Clark. Hang the lights. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's on my, that's on my <laughs> list. I really want to get a real tree. I we mean, need to get like, in a Christmas vacation now. Yeah, can we all just watch that movie? We'll do a. A, a lot of people would, would prefer we just run that movie here on Chatterbox. <laughs> We're not driving out in the middle of nowhere so you can get one of those stupid ties with the Santa Clauses on it, are we, Dad? I'm going to no, wear, one, one, of I'm gonna wear one of those sometime during the holidays. <laughs> Says, uh, you can't be big on Christmas. Oh, here, if I don't go get a real tree. That's right. Who said that? I don't have my laptop. Save the neck for me, Clark. Chatterbox field trip. Ben, that's a great idea. You, Chatterbox field trip, we go get trees. You know what we did at my cousin's wedding? She surprised us two weeks ago because we had Seho family, big Christmas vacation fans. Right. So they said that we're going to say Grace for dinner, and the DJ started playing the Grace from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> she died 30 years ago. And they, we all stood up and did the Pledge of Allegiance. The other half of the fa the other side of the Pledge family. Pledge of the Allegiance? Yeah, that's what they do in the movie. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. The, the, the family that she was marrying, Tom, her, her husband, her, his family probably thought we were nuts, which we are. It's okay. But every, it was a good, I thought it was a good grace for the wedding. Every things going on. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Split that, families, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, is, you know? is your movie, is that in your top five movies of all time? Oh, Lord, no. What? Golly, that's my number one movie of all time. real movies out there. Number one movie of all time. Movies like The Godfather. And I mean, come on. Clark W. Griswold, top movie. of the list. No. <laughs> okay. Love him, but no. 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 All right, boys. When we come back, it's picks time. We got a lot of big games starting tonight. Uh, Tom, I didn't ask because we were we talked about doing like the double or nothing thing. And this is championship. Double weekend. down. Double down. Are we doing that for any of these? Not yet. We're not there yet because we have a lot of bowl games and a lot of NFL games to still make up some ground. Okay. So not yet, but after this weekend, when all the – because Sunday's the day. You know, by the way, I, I mean, I didn't even mention this in a monologue. Sunday is the day that we're going to know is in a college football playoff. They do that announcement on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll come back here on Monday with plenty to talk about. Chiefs. Yeah. Think about this weekend. Pa Championship weekend for college football. Yep. USA Netherlands tomorrow at 10 a.m. Yep. Some really good college basketball games Very this good, weekend. Including the Muskies v. Huggy Bear. And Kentucky is in London playing Michigan this weekend in a game that's been postponed for years because of COVID. Bengals at Chiefs at 425 and the college football playoff. Announcement. It's a This is a great weekend to be a sports fan. It's a big-time weekend. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, I forgot to mention. I mean, so, um, you know, uh, I said it earlier. Every Ohio State fan out there, and there are many of you out there, our main man, Sir Boy Wonder. Um, and I'm not going to root against TCU. Not going to happen. You guys forgot. I'm rooting for them to get in, and I think they're still going to get in no matter what. But you are definitely rooting for the Utah Utes tonight. I mean, you forgot the biggest, oh, the no. biggest game this weekend. It's the Bobcats. Notre Dame fighting leprechauns. Who are they playing? They play Syracuse. Oh. Good game. That's a oh. great game. It's a good game. Syracuse is. I don't care. It's still a good game. It's an all-time historical great <laughs> game. <laughs> Clash of the Titans Clash there. Clash of the Titans. From like. 
30 years ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the visual of Casey driving with a strapped tree on his car is something else. It would not be a pretty sight. I'll just say that right now. Because I got one of those, uh, the uh, uh, retractable glass tops as well. So it's it was called just, a sunroof. Sunroof. Sorry. I, I was just... I just lost. This isn't a stadium we're talking about here. This is called a sunroof. I just I couldn't think of the word. Okay. Thank, thank you for. Did you say retractable roof? Yeah, it's like the, it's like uh, the <laughs> old Chase Field Bank yeah. One Ballpark. We got a retractable roof. You got one on your car. Lucas Oil is it open on Sunday? I don't know. We got the Christmas tree. I got the Christmas tree. Unbelievable. Scratch up all the the glass, whatnot. So unbelievable. I got to get my, my dad's truck if I want to do that. Go we are it. sitting in a studio with three guys that have fake Christmas trees. Mm, that's all that's you need to know. Years up? No, I got to go get it this weekend. You're chopping it down? Go to no, we're not doing that. Oh, no, no, that's, no. That's... We have done that before, but with, with a daughter, you know, gone for college, that was something the four of us would do together. Um, Put Luke to work. Well, Luke is, he, I mean, he loves help picking out a tree, but he's got stuff going on. And so uh, Polly and I will, will find a way to go get the tree, put it up, love decorating the tree. There won't be any fighting about who's putting the, you know, the star cross up on the top of the tree because Ella's not here. So there's no fighting between her and Luke about who's going to put it on this year. Um, yeah, ready for that. I, I just, the one thing, man, I, I, Putting up Christmas lights. I dropped the ball so bad a week or so ago when the weather was good. Oh, and now man. you know you got to go do it. And I just, oh boy. That's tough. Oh boy. I don't look forward to it at all. Are you an you got you to find a way to push through. Are you an inflatable guy? Oh, no. no you no. can't do that. Right, no. Paul, you, are no. you. No, no, we're very much not. Okay. No. Casey, no. don't I, break our hearts. So, okay. so this year, Alex and I. We're actually not putting up any decorations outside the house. What? Outside the house. Because we're doing all the stuff inside the house. Like, we got to get... Scrooge. Wow. Here's Scrooge. A come on. Like, we, we went out and bought decorations for inside the house that we needed. Hey, like, your neighbors can't see that. I, I know, but... Happiness is built inside the home, Brandon. Oh, if okay. we do... I'm not a homeowner. Exactly right. If we do anything, we'll put up some lights Here, around the, the Here's a hack. House, My but. mom does it at her, at her house. She has a wreath... I mean, she puts up other Christmas lights, but if I'm going to do Christmas lights, it's the hack. You have a wreath that you leave. I'm big on, like, leaving the Christmas tree together, leaving lights on the on the wreath. That's because you're still single. Yeah, and you leave, and you and you put the wreath up on the outside of the house. There you go. You don't have to get on a ladder or anything like that. You just you leave it there year-round and just turn the lights on when it's well, Christmas. Well, no, no, no. You just put it out for, for the winter <laughs> season. Right. Now, I'm not one of those. I, I, I love Christmas lights. I don't People that have them out all year round, there's something... Something yeah. off there. Yeah. Now, Alex is watching the show, and she says that you won't let her put up lights. No. Wow. Hang on. Which is we a, got controversy here. Wait All right, let's take a break on this. Trouble and we're going to come back, finish this conversation, <laughs> and then our picks right after this. Dusty Baker, two weeks ago. Fantastic. I'm still working on trying to get Nick Castellanos, by the way. Have you talked to him recently? Uh, no, I sent him a text um, this morning, maybe this morning. I'm hoping to hear back from him. We really want to get him on a program. Uh, are you still drinking regular water? I'm not. 
Did you know that alkaline water has been shown to have superior hydration benefits versus regular water? And that's been done in clinical studies. There is a new premium alkaline water out, Pani. They're right across the street right here in downtown Hamilton. Bunch of XPNG guys, uh, research guys, really smart guys. Uh, Pani uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. It's a healthy alkaline water that really is the best tasting water in the world. Please visit their website at Pani, P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water at a store near you. Maybe they'll be in, in UDF one of these days. Our title sponsor. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Each and every Friday, it's pick time. Let's we go. We need like a bell or we need, we need something. That's in the works. It's a little late. We're working on yeah, it. Next, next when are we going to do it? Basketball? Here, we got NKU so, playing Detroit? No, here. here. I, got, I, got a, I got a little I'm like something. I'm not going to badmouth NKU. We're going to be working on. <laughs> in the works. St- we're working on some stingers and some, <laughs> some sound clips. Here, here's an example of it. That I better take it. up a lot of time because when we get to basketball season, it's going to be Look. lean days around here, boys. <laughs> I'm, I already have nightmares waking up about it, thinking, what in the hell are we going to talk about? Don't worry. We'll, we'll put the show on her. College basketball, baby. That ain't going to get well, it done. Oh, We're going to have to talk about uh, We got to find out something. Because I, I, I mean, I'm not kidding. I wake up. It's like, and it's like when you, you know, you, you, I don't know about you guys, but like once a month, I wake up remembering about all the classes I used to blow off. And then you walk in and you got the exam and it's like Swahili. <laughs> Because you don't know any of it. That, that's what I picture about this show starting oh, in February. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll have plenty to talk we'll about. We'll have two weeks of content built off the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. And then after that, you go right into March Madness. You're set for a month. Then April rolls around. You got, got baseball. That works for about baseball, three, that that works that, for about three weeks. That, get, that, works that for about, lasts for opening day. And well, maybe two more yeah, weeks. We've got NFL draft. We got. <laughs> Hopefully they play well in Atlanta again. We'll, we'll have uh... <laughs> All right, let's go, Pitt. All right, let's go. Uh, here's our alleged stinger. No, no, oh, no. No, 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 no. It's in Hang the on. works. Get, get rid of it for a second. Get rid of it. Right, here's so a this church is... down the street. We ought to just record the, the, the church bells, if nothing else. Here, Tom, this is the I stinger. Because I need some divine intervention. This is the stinger. Boom. Bang. Bang. Did you see that? Look yeah. at this. Huge. Yeah. Look at that. And we're gonna have we're going to have something a little bit faster. Or a little, not fast. We're going to have a little bit more of a, like, a sound, and it's going to be like, here's our picks for the I think what we should do is just have that, and then we ve- reveal the letters. T-I-R-E-D. <laughs> Tired. Tired. All, All right. right, you just saw where we stand going in. Uh, we've got some work to do. Casey, right yep. on the heels of Paul, although Paul was completely carried last week I by was. Trace Fowler. Um, I mean, totally carried. I was. All right. Or, or Casey would be in first place. Wait, I almost spoiled it right there. All right, here we go. I may have Where spoiled it. Where are we it. starting? College football, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yep. USC and Utah. We are starting with a monster game tonight. USC's lone blemish was a two-point conversion against Utah in Utah. This game tonight will be played in Las Vegas where the Raiders play. And you've got USC, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep. I'm going with the Utah Utes. All right. To go get the Trojans. 
That's a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I had Utah. Based on our record, you would probably be right. I had Utah. Early on in the season, they let me down really bad to a terrible Florida Gators team. And then they turn around and they lose – to a terrible Oregon team with Bo Nix at quarterback. Man, you hate Please. Bo Nix. I hate, you hate Bo Nix. He's terrible. He stinks. He stinks. I had a great year. He still stinks. <laughs> and they barely beat USC. They barely beat USC at Utah, right? All right. I'm digging USC. I tell you one That's thing. Uh, I was looking at a box score from that game last night, and Caleb Williams, I'm not sure Caleb Williams could play a better game than he played against Utah. I mean, he got over 40 points in the game. I think it was 44-43 the final. It, it Williams was, threw five touchdown passes in that game, did not turn it up. It over. was 42-43. Even, it, it was that last second two-point conversion. Yes, right? it's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Both teams going over 40. What do you think, Paul? Uh, Vegas says to take Utah. The game probably says to take Utah. Don't do it. I the do game not. says to take Utah? I, I, USC's 11-1. Yeah. What game says to take Utah? I just think I just think this is setting up for Utah, but I can't have Ohio State in the playoff. I'm taking USC. Oh my God! All right, all right. There's all right, the underlying right. real. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one up. Oh right, my God! I up. I spoiled them all. Hold on. That's okay. Across the board. Oh yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. TCU two and a half point favorite. That game will be at the Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas, which is about a 20 minute ride from Fort Worth, the campus. Of TC. You switched, Casey. I did. I did right before we went to uh, – before we actually went live, I switched it. Because I just can't get behind the possibility of me <laughs> – of me ever being behind a bad <laughs> – a bad bet. I, I, this team is so high. I just oh can't – I can't risk being behind the bad – on the other side of this. I don't want to be on the other side of a, a bad bet here. So I'm taking TCU. I, I think Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas State could actually pull off the upset. I think they're, at least when you look at scores and odds, the money is split and everyone's hey, betting. Let's, let's, I have to cut in here. Yeah. What? I, okay. All right. Uh, I, all right. Ne okay. Next one. Uh, I don't know what happened here to the. Uh, I don't. I don't know why this got deleted and duplicated, but it's Toledo and OU, and I didn't. Now we all know. We we all know what we're doing here, right? There's no question. Even with backup quarterback C.J. Harris, quarterback uh, Curtis Rourke, the MAC Offensive Player of the Week, he was named this week. Got injured. Harris started huge game against Bowling Green. Threw for three, ran for one. Bobcats, Bobcats, Bobcats. Good. High noon tomorrow. Title oh, Town. OU's an underdog. Yeah. I know they are. Yeah. Because they're playing a backup quarterback. They're still going to roll. They'll put a 40-something spot on. We they're added this team. to our Ohio uh, collection up here for the Bucks to get in the playoff just because Paul said that. I wasn't going to break that out until he said it. <laughs> LSU. Terrible game last week against uh, Texas A&M. Um, Georgia ranked number one, undefeated, reigning national champ. 17.5-point favorite. I think the dogs cover 17.5. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Are you to that? I'm also taking the dogs. Um, 
Trace has definitely hammered that in my head that LSU stinks. So <laughs> I'm taking Georgia. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia too. I don't really uh, – this is going to be a bad game. I'm just going to take Georgia and close my eyes. All right, next one up, Purdue and Michigan. All I'm, right. su I'm surprised on this one. I am a 17-point spread. Uh, Purdue is very well coached, and, and they get tricky with stuff. They find a way to kind of hang around. I think at the end, Michigan clearly wins the game. But I think that 17 number is a big number. Uh, I think Purdue covers this game. Okay. Yeah. And they actually have a history of Purdue. Purdue has a history of upsetting Michigan. Um, I liked the Boilermakers. Um, all the way back since week one, they, they definitely showed that they could hang with teams like Penn State, um, I know their record's eight and four, but I think that's a little misleading. I think they, they've played pretty well this season. I think they keep it close. That's why I'm taking Purdue. I think they actually cover Michigan doesn't blow them out. Uh, yeah, I also think the same way as you guys. Golly I think day. I thought I had I a chance here. No. I, I I'm, I'm taking Brown. Purdue too. And I'm not, I'm not to be, to be clear. I'm not taking these games just to, just to. I have done it before where I've taken these games and I've thought, you know, uh, like I don't want to lose ground on a on a blowout spread, but I'm taking Purdue okay. here. That was the last college game. All right, now we move on to the National Football League. See, now that kind of thing, we ought to have the singer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's what we got to have. I uh, although I, although we, maybe we have to pay for that kind of stuff. So. Uh, no. Nah, well, if we bootleg it, we just we'll use that sound clip right there. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen concert bootleg. All right. Uh, the New York Football Jets. J E T S. Jets. 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 But I'm taking a bite. I know, and I I'm just it's screaming inside. I want to really take the Jets here. I really like Mike White, but it's at one o'clock, so it's a no-brainer. This is a Kirk Cousins. One o'clock game. I legitimately, the only thing I did was ask Brandon Seho over here to my right, what time is this game? He said one o'clock. I took the Vikings. Yeah. You, you it's did. as simple as that, that. Right away. It yes, really you did. It's as simple as that. Um, by the way, Zim Hooday's in the house watching today, fellas. Hey, Zim. I, I He's tuned here. In, I tuned in to win Cincinnati last night. Him and Ace Boogie. Did you? They're dialed in. All right. Titans v. Eagles. This is a good game. Uh, but I think Philadelphia at home is just too much. Four and a half point favorite. Philly's really playing well. Um, really playing well. It's a good team, especially at home. Yeah, I was trying to convince you this morning. Like, yes, you were. You think the Titans will lose two in a row? But everyone knows how I feel about these Titans. They are terrible. They stink. So, Eagles win. Um, I went back and forth on this one. I don't really have a strong opinion on the Eagles at 10-1. and one. I'm just going to take the Eagles. I don't uh, – this was tough. This next game actually was the hardest one for me because I had I got no feeling on this game. Broncos and Ravens. What's going on Ooh. here? Well, you know, this the is... Ravens have been playing a lot of tight games. They are coming off a loss, a shocking loss at Jacksonville. They're at home. Uh, normally, you know, at home I take uh, the Ravens, but I think Denver covers and Denver is is not playing well. There's all kinds of dissension going on there. I don't know what the deal is with Russell Wilson. I know they got a lot of guys hurt, especially on that offensive line. But 
But I think they find a way to hang in there because I don't think Baltimore is very uh, is all that good. So I, I just want to say this one thing. They have not given up more than like 20 points the entire season, except for one game against the Raiders. You're talking about the Broncos. The Broncos, yeah. And the Ravens, how they've been struggling as of late. Um, I think this is actually a huge defensive battle. I think it's going to be... Lamar's going to have a tough day. He's not going to be able to run around. He's not going to be able to throw the ball. I think <laughs> Russell Wilson is just washed up, so that automatically just means that this is going to be a defensive battle, even if uh, – yeah. So, I, 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 just based off of that, I think the spread is too much for the Ravens yeah. to be able to, to cover this. So, I got the Broncos in this one. I think it comes down to like a 10 to 13 type situation. I am closing my eyes and trying to make up a little ground here. I'm going to take the Ravens. You mean extend your lead? Well, that's what I mean. I don't like the way this is trending. Granted, I think since college basketball has started, I think outside of the Bengals, I've watched maybe one football game. So that probably doesn't help. You're sitting around watching college basketball games. I don't. I think. I think since this the, time of the year, I think since the first college basketball game on November 5th, I think outside of the Bengals, I've watched Ohio State and Michigan. I watched that. Well, you've been to a lot of basketball games. That's what I mean. Travel. Like well, I just the, over the weekend. Like yeah. I just, I just haven't had time. Okay. It's not that I'm like, see what you no, don't do. like it. I just haven't had time. So, what are you going to watch the UC basketball game this weekend on Sunday instead of the Bengals because they play Sunday? Yeah, but they're at one. So you'll watch both. Well, the, so will the you watch the UC basketball game at one o'clock over an NFL game at one o'clock? Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta be kidding! Oh yeah, that's terrible. If it's the yeah, absolutely. They're playing Bryant. Doug Eddard led the St. Peter's Peacocks to the Elite Eight. Why'd I would you, imagine how could you miss that This game? is a Fox. Uh, this is a Fox. Uh, I mean, a CBS doubleheader weekend. I've not looked. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Maybe one of you uh, on the chat know uh, the answer to this. Knows the answer to this. Um, I have to believe that that Browns game is going to be seen in our market for the 1 o'clock game. Yeah, let me look that up. I'm with you, Tom. And that would be all the intrigue of Deshaun Watson and so on and so forth. I'm a, so, so that's the game where you think I would it think is we'll a get CBS that game. game. I don't see. I Maybe we get the Baltimore map. game instead. It'll be one or the other. You can take it to the bank I'm, at 1 o'clock on CBS. We will get either the Browns game or the Ravens game early. Bengals back into the doubleheader. Fox will have a game on. That'll be on at 1 o'clock, and that's probably uh, who, who knows, and, and quite frankly, who cares. All right, what uh, else we got? Did we do the Browns-Texans yet? No, we We just not. finished the Ravens. Yeah. Okay, so we have Browns-Texans here. I'm changing my pick on this one. Whoa! Oh, Tom, don't do it. All right. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm uh. not. I'm not changing. <laughs> All right. I'm staying with the Texans. All right. Lovey Smith. A real man. Listen, folks. Deshaun coming back for the Brownies. Which, by the way, uh, I don't know the website, but you know the guy who's a legendary writer, has been around forever, William Roden? You know the guy I'm talking about? He's like in his 60s, African-American, uh, has, was on the sports reporters. Um, I, only, I only say African-American because maybe that will spark a memory. They used to be on that sports reporter show on ESPN and all that kind of was thing. Was that the one with Mike Lupica? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really smart yeah. guy, yeah. super smart guy, great writer. Um, and he wrote a fascinating article that I read last night about 
you know, when all is said and done, what have we learned? Who are the winners and the losers through this whole Deshaun Jackson thing? Um, and and it, it, it really is a very interesting article. And again, his name is William Roden, R-H-O-D-E-N. I think it's how you, you spell it. Great writer, smart guy. I've met him a number of times. Um, anyway, uh, worth a read if you, you got some time to kill. All right, who are you guys going with here? Well, it wouldn't be the stink list without the Browns. So you really think I'm taking the Browns? Well, I think you ought, you ought to consider it. You're very close in the hunt. No, I'm taking the Texans. Browns stink. What more can I say? I, re- well, I really going with the Brownies. No, I'm taking the Texans. Brown stink, Tom. I can't. Well, I, know, but the I, Brown, can't. The, I mean, this, the, I mean, well, with all the kidding around, we say about the the Texans really. Stink. They're terrible. They're in the worst division by far in the NFL. Um, one night. I don't one. know. Maybe the maybe, maybe both both Souths stink. The AFC and AFC, NFC and AFC. This division is so bad, and they're one nine and one. Yeah, they're not mm. good. I mean, it's just so bad. I just. I think they just come out and play. I can't believe I'm not taking Cleveland. Well, you can still change I mean, it. You I can can't still change it. I'm not taking. No, I'm not going. I haven't to laid your card yet. Principle. I said I wouldn't again. Okay, what else? All right, two more. Dolphins Niners. This is a great game. A lot of people feel like this could be a preview of the Super Bowl. And right now, if you were a betting man, uh, it'd be hard to bet against the Dolphins getting there, and the 49ers are surging. Uh, but I still think. Um, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm picking Miami. I, I, I just, I was so surprised by the line. Um, San Francisco favored by four. Um, it shocked me a little bit, honestly. Um, I feel like this is a trap, and I wanted to take, I wanted to take San Francisco, but with San Francisco being favored by four, I took the Dolphins. Um, I feel like I feel like it should be the other way around. I feel like Dolphins should be favored by like three but you know it's funny you say it's funny you say that Casey because when I go in the night before and I like last night when I was making all these graphics for the games before I put the lines in I try to play guess the line and just see how close I am on some of this and see like if I'm way off or whatever yeah and before I went into this game I go all right I'm gonna say Dolphins two and a half and it was San Francisco minus four yeah I don't know I mean I guess I, I guess the home team gets the three minus three here so they just think 49 It's not that one, much anymore. It's not that much it's not, anymore? It's not three points anymore. It's more. It's closer to a point anymore, hmm. just so you know. The bottom line is the 49ers don't score a ton. Uh, they play phenomenal defense. Miami scores a ton. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Yep. We'll see. I mean, to me, it's more about Miami's defense kind of stepping it up. After they trade for Bradley Chubb, and I know they haven't really played anyone, but they're just dominating teams. And that's a sign of at least having a competent defense. Before, I didn't feel like they had a great defensive scheme or not scheme, but they, they just weren't playing well cohesively. But now it seems like with that extra pass rusher, they are now where they need to be. I don't know. I, I, I got the Dolphins in this one, however. Paul? Yeah, I'm going to go with Dolphins, too. We don't need to talk Boy, this more about this is not it. even any fun. We're all picking the same stuff. I know. I know. I, I know. And that brings us to the game of the weekend in the National Football League. I can hear it. Bum, 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 bum. Um, I'm taking a Ben Galley's. Kansas City, a point-and-a-half favorite at home. 
Uh, I think Cincinnati wins this game. I will also take the the Bengals here. Um, I'm not as confident as I was last week, but this is pretty much a pick 'em game, and I honestly feel like the Bengals will win this one. So, I'm taking the Bengals. I think they get it done at home. I've seen enough. Yeah, I trust them. I think they get it done. Okay, especially if Jamar's back. All right, and uh, anybody want to make a prediction? Just give me a win or a loss for the United States men's soccer team in World Cup against the Netherlands. Can you imagine, in all seriousness, can you imagine the United States losing anything to the Netherlands? Seriously. They got some pretty good tulips over there. I mean. There's a flower growing competition. But look, they were the Group A champs. I'm sure they have an excellent team, but it just I, I my my skin crawls thinking about the United States of America losing to the Netherlands. So in I, anything, I do have a question outside of a pillow fight. This is not a a chance for them to draw and they move forward, right? You can't. So okay. They could technically draw and advance on penalty kicks. So to win the match, the USA is plus 330. But because the United States is such a good defensive team, just to advance, they're plus 170. So the match does not – it, they, it uh, doesn't include the PKs is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So they, they – they, this is a win or lose game to advance because we're now in the sweet. We yes, would be but right in a sweet yes, sixteen. Right? Yes, but like let's say it's scoreless, it's zero zero, and they go to penalty kicks. Yeah, technically it counts as a tie, and then they advance on penalty. All kicks. right, but it, you're, you're winning. I'm, the, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about if anybody's betting on the game. Oh, no, I don't I, care. I'm yeah. just asking you, win or lose. Uh, I'll say they get through. I think they're a good enough defensive team and that maybe they squeak one by Netherlands. I think that this is a game that plays into the United States' favor. Taylor Twelman was talking about that the other night on ESPN after the, after the game against Iran. I think that this is a game where the United States kind of sits back a little bit and maybe gets a, gets a counter and uh, kind of sneak one by. Casey, win or lose? Uh, I, I will never, ever bet against the States. Yeah. So they're, they're going to win this one. I agree. They're going to win. Cool. They're going to win. All right. I can't wait till tonight, though. I got to tell you, I mean, I'm going to be, after I check out a little high school basketball in person tonight, um, I am going to be locked and loaded for that SC-Utah game. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Me too. I have a basketball game at 7, and after that, I'll be watching. What's the basketball game you're covering? Xavier Women's calling that game. Are they any good? They yeah, they're uh, trying to remember five and one this year. I should know. And I want to alone. send out a hearty congratulations. This is a cherry on top today. I don't know if you guys had one or not. Go ahead. But okay, th this is my cherry on top. Jackie Rao is a woman here in town, very successful businesswoman. She and Betsy Ross are the co-founders of Game Day Productions, a highly successful marketing production company here in Greater Cincinnati. She's also an alumnus of Ohio University. Yesterday, it was announced that Jackie Rao donated $2 million to Ohio University Women's Athletics. $2 million. The largest grant they have ever been given by one person to women's sports at Ohio University. She was a great basketball player uh, growing up uh, in Toledo, went on to play at Ohio University. Very successful businesswoman and professional in our community. 
Uh, and so Jackie Rao, from all of us as alumni of Ohio University, we say thank you. And that is our cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers. Thank you. How about that, Trace Fowler? Box lunch. Where are the box lunches? I'm not in charge of getting the box lunch, so. Well, you're the boss. That's what that was somebody else's job. What tells Brandon doing over there? He's <laughs> <laughs> working hard. Uh, Hardly working. Oh no! Oh no! Now you got him going, Tom. See what you did? He handed the ball to me. He said, "Make a shot." What happened? He cashed it. Bang. No, don't don't no, do it. No, no, no. Let's, let's, We're leaving on a good note. Let's embarrass. All right, what's coming up though? Let's, See, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. You, you get closer and closer. Don't miss it. Oh my oh, god. That wasn't even close. About... Brick nope. City. The easiest one bet in the shot. world is that was a brick. Minus yeah, a one shot. That was a brick. One chance. That was a brick. Wasn't even close. I'm wondering if he's going to catch iron. Oh, very nice. All right, I'll give it up to him. We got a second chance. We're all about second chances and third and fourth and fifth. Um, Trace, what's happening? There's a Fired lot up today. A lot happened. A lot going some on. Things that, some, some things that have been said on this show that, that we can get into that I thought of something. I had an idea. All right. Just, an epiphany came to me. Good. Epiphany. From now on, when I hire anybody at this company yes. or in my life, I'm going to ask them a question. Similar to the question that maybe Bob Huggins was presented with. Yes. I'm going to ask them, do you, around the holidays, first I guess I have to ask, are you a Christian? Because I don't want to get in trouble. But if they say yes or they celebrate Christmas, first question I ask is, do you go get a real tree or do you get a fake tree? Because I think I've just come up with something. All the things that I've heard all these clowns talk about with their fake trees is laziness. Oh. It really, that is, that is the core of what I've come up with. In real, Casey's case, I got to agree. What? Go ahead. Go ahead, Trace. I'm point, just point. saying, real, hardworking, want to get things right type of people. They withstand the elements. They persevere. They don't care if they don't have a truck. They don't care if they can't figure out how to go get a tree. They don't care that they could go possibly buy a tree at the store and take it home and put it up in five minutes. They certainly don't put it in a closet and just pull it out because it's just simple right. and easy. That's right. What they do do is they find a way to go get a real tree and make memories that you can't just get at and, the store. And you know what, Trace, what thing, it's an interesting point you brought up because, you know, you can also feel good about yourself going to get a real tree because so many of these raise money for different organizations, whether it's a church group, whether it's the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts of America, whatever it might be. Uh, that's where we're going to go get our tree at a place where it is. Uh, the money goes to the Boy Scouts. I was not a Boy Scout, wasn't allowed in the Boy Scouts. But, uh, you know, you can, you can feel good about yourself once you do it. And I see people in the chat, two things. Let's just get these out of the way right now. <laughs> two, two, two excuses, as I like to call them. Ex Excuses. You get a tree every year. You get a real tree. Real tree. Your whole life you've done it. Uh, not my whole life. Thank you. Not my whole life. Uh, well, I can't make decisions for myself when I'm five. That's not the case. But when what I got you? to be an adult, I make my own decisions, and I get a real tree. And here's, here's the thing about it. There's two excuses that I've heard. One is it costs too much. It does I cost a lot of money. I understand that. Let's start there. I do understand that. I, I would tend to agree with that. And if you're in a position that you can't afford a real tree, 
If you don't have $150 worth of discrepancy or discretionary, sorry about that, discretionary income, then okay, that's an excuse. That's fair. Yes. But I would venture to say, Tom, yes. that these same people that don't have enough money to go buy a real tree are the same people that are out the night before Thanksgiving. And you know what See, I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. This is a personal dig okay? at me. This really no, 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 is. No, 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 this is not a personal <laughs> dig at you. This is just the fact that whenever I hear anyone say they don't have enough money to go do something, the reality is is that they don't make it a priority, Tom. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they don't have enough money. It means that they decide to choose their, they spend their money. Which we all do. Which we, which all, we do. all do. And which I'm not here do. to tell you how to spend your money. Right. But I'll judge you based off what you're spending your money on. Let's be, I'll be very transparent about that. Having said all of that, the second thing that I hear about is that it kills trees. Tom, do you know that these oh, trees have nothing other than to live for the chance to be in someone's living? That's it's exactly like the Toy right. Story show. That's exactly right. That's everyone's, all nonsense about everyone's cutting looking down the for trees. Their, everyone's it's looking for their Andy. Everyone's looking mm -hmm. for their Andy. That tree, when it's planted in the ground, that seed, it grows up and it's grown and grown and grown. It is looking forward to the day that a guy like Tom or Trace or Brandon or Casey or Paul. Well, not Brandon it, or Casey or Paul. Or cuts it down and puts it in their home. Well, I've done, That's, I've done, I am a real tree person. I don't know where I got thrown into this. You, I wasn't putting you in it. I was saying oh, that that tree is oh, looking forward. That's the personal forward. shot at me. That tree is looking forward. I love Boom Shakalaka, though. He says, I'm on Team Seho here. Buy a fake tree and drink more Coors Lights. <laughs> that is my... See, okay, but we, did we debate this on a previous show? Like, either buy, you either buy things or experiences. I'm an experience guy. I spend my money with experiences. And that's an experience to no. go get a fake tree. I'd I'll rather go out on, on, on Thanksgiving Eve, enjoy some Coors Lights with my boys. Then I'll and say this, and I'll give Casey a pass, too. The next question I'll ask, I guess the first question I should ask is if you have kids. Because I think that's what this comes down to. You want to make good, you want to make good, genuine. We had fake, we had a fake tree growing up and my, I, my parents did a great job with me. Look, I'm here sitting next to you and Tom. I'm not down, I'm not downplaying your parents. I'm just saying there's something to taking your kids out, cutting down that real tree with them, taking it home and them putting the star on top. Just telling you, you don't have to believe me. You can buy your fake trees, but. It's like, it's like, I'll say another thing that I've noticed as I've gotten older, maybe wiser, who knows, is that, yes, I have two boys, but I'm not, I guess I'll admit it on this show. There's something different about a girl. And if you don't have a girl and you're not a girl dad, you'll never know. No doubt about so it. So for you, I understand. You've never gotten a real tree, but you don't know what you're missing out on possibly. And one day you might figure that out. They will. Well, we got to start with, with a woman that I got to meet and then, you know, the kids and the family. Well, and then, well that's fair. That might happen tonight. I can't wait might. for the day. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll go to maybe I'll go to a tree farm. And might we'll happen play. tonight. There you go. It's true. You go. Jones say you just got to go to the Taylor Swift concert. That's right. That actually isn't a bad idea. I mean, my game sucks. <laughs> That's a good idea. Well, I mean, we've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. With shooting any shot, my game sucks. Yeah. Well, Taylor we'll Swift see. concert with Tracy Jones. I'll tell you what. I also I else I want to say here before you go is the first subject is don't be a square. And I am so concerned about this office just time and time again being fooled. They're getting fooled by Vegas. Vegas is just, it's almost like, it's just the most weirdest thing that I'm seeing is that Vegas comes out and they're like, hey, here's this carrot. They're dangling it. Well, that's their job. And it's like the public never figures it out. So you're talking in reference specifically to two games. All right, let's hear them. And I think they both lose. Now, granted, Maybe there's a late field goal, just like TCU did the week before, where they win by a point. 
but there's two games. And I'm not trying to get Ohio State fans excited. I'm not trying to get you bulled up. In fact, if you're an Ohio State fan, don't try to get emotional with this game. Just say, you know what? It is what it is. If we get another chance, great. But if USC somehow goes out and they win this game, don't make it hurt is what I'm trying to get at. But there's a great chance that Utah wins this game. And not only do they win this game, they win it handily. And I'll also say this. I know that you guys probably didn't do your research with that TCU-Kansas State game, but do you know what happened? I do know what happened. I watched the game. Do you know what game. happened? Yes. Okay, and most people don't know this. They just look at the box score and they think really quickly, well, 38-28. 38-28, TCU wins by 10. Well, I, I Just so you know, do you know where I'm going with this? I know you do. You know where I'm going with this? Well, I know that the, the, the score is very misleading. I, I don't remember exactly the events that took place, but I even said on they air that I wanted to They were down to their third-string quarterback. I wanted it to was take 28 State, but... to 10, guys. Yes. It was yeah. 28 to 10. Kansas State was taking them to the woodshed, and their quarterback gets hurt. And give TCU credit like I have all year. They came back and they won the game. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. You might win, but over the course of time, Vegas does not lose these bets. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Well, hopefully that means TCU still gets in. I think TCU should get in, right? We're not going to do this whole thing again. How does TCU not get in, Tom? USA veteran, as a closing note, and we always salute him for his service to our country. He said, I had a real tree before, no more. Yes, I miss out on the tree needles, up my fingernails and sap. <laughs> needles hidden in my carpet for months. That's why he's gone to a fake tree. We still salute you. We may disagree with you, USA veteran, but we salute you. Boys, we're going to huh? find out who the real leaders of men are this weekend. We absolutely are. <laughs> I think we should get a real tree for this office. You know what? I, we're going to do that. Well, I will find a small one, and I'll bring it in. Uh, we got to find some lights. It's gonna be we'll, we'll put it in Charlie that back Brown corner tree. down over there. Yeah, a little Charlie flag. Brown tree. It's fine. Charlie it's Brown no big tree. deal. It doesn't have to be some monster tree, although we got room over there uh, and over here. Tom, um, I just want you to know, those are all your hangers if you want them. Well, I'll go throw them all the way. I, I don't know how I have so many. <laughs> I wear about the same tired seven or eight things every week. Just want to make sure your wardrobe. <laughs> I used not to put those dress week. shirts on every day for 30 years. Well, what's well, more important, the dress shirts or the Bobcats? Yeah, no, there's no me. question. All right, boys. Here we go. Big weekend. Big Huge week. weekend. Bobcats, Buckeyes sneak in. Bengalis, Team USA. Big. Leaders of men. And here's one right here of our shop at Chatterbox Sports. Leader of men, Trace Fowler.